Welcome back to the Morning Grind, Roto-Grinders. I'm Dean. It's not Stevie. Stevie, of course, is busy knocking out his NASCAR content. You guys know where to get that here on Roto-Grinders.com. That said, we're talking to Derek Farnsworth. You guys know him better. It's notorious. We're talking golf. Uh, big tournament going down this week. Another Millie Baker once again on DK. Noto, how are things in your world? Belated uh, happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, pretty good Sunday, other than not having anything to sweat. Uh, the first two weeks back have been a little brutal, but that's PGA DFS for you. Well, I guess that's DFS for you. It's pretty streaky <laughs> on my end, especially with the way I build teams. But um, yeah, it's good to have golf back. And as always, I got to get my weekly Outlaw Tour plug in. Well, yeah, you're, you're sweating lineups right now. For the, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Of course, this will be up on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, we're in between. Like, I guess there's a late slate and uh, you're kind of sweating what's going down already. Uh, the Outlaw Tour over there in Reno, I believe we talked about pre-show. Uh, and the best thing about DFS, uh, Noto, is that, you know, look, no matter how bad things were on Sunday, clean slate. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. We get to start all over again. Uh, you said two weeks back since COVID. Have we learned anything? Is it a small sample size? Like, I know people are talking about big question marks, like who knows how people are going to be coming in, who's in shape, who's not in shape, who's been getting reps in, who hasn't. Is there anything we've learned, or is it just too small of a sample size to draw any kind of a conclusion? Uh, I think we've learned that the elite golfers can play well on pretty much any course. The last two weeks have been historically courses where shorter hitters, more of your accurate types, your old school, Matt Kuchar, Jim Furyk types uh, have played well. But, uh, you know, we typically don't see the elites play those courses because they can't handle a lot of drivers. But uh, they showed up. They all played well. Um, There's a lot of big names that are missing cuts, but that's just because these are incredibly stacked fields. And uh, that's going to be the case for the next uh, couple months, which is going to be awesome. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing like a day sweat. Um, you know, I like sweating lineups at night, but uh, during the day, I don't know what it is. I much prefer uh, sweat some DFS. Yeah, and you're out there out west, too, so you're sweating at, like, what, 1 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, like probably noon, even earlier, depending on. Yep, noon. Uh, perfect. And when it comes to these uh, East Coast golf tournaments, they start at uh, 4.45 my time in the morning. So I'm up at 5 usually, and then uh, we get the grind down out from there. Um, at least when we have actual sports. Do you pop up a little bit earlier just to make sure, like, the, I don't know how, how often you get a golfer that gets scratched with a back or something like that, or do you make sure you're up at 440 just in case, or is that not a major concern for you? Sometimes. Um, not lately. Uh, I probably should have the last couple of events, but, um, yeah, I've been burned by it, I think, twice in the past, and I'll never forget those uh, tournaments. So uh, definitely something you could do if you want. Just wake up, set your alarm, 10 minutes, 4 lock, check Twitter, go back to bed. Uh, Travelers, uh, go back to bed for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> you are up so early out there. <laughs> uh, so Travelers Championship going down this week. This is, uh, I believe it's Hartford, Connecticut. Is that correct? Yep. All right, what do we know about this course? All right. So this one historically kind of plays similar to the last two. Uh, typically not a bomber's course, but it is a little bit more open than the last two, Colonial and Harbor, Harbor Town. Uh, the fairway is about 10 yards wider on average. So you're going to see a lot more drivers hit this week. Um, you want not necessarily distance, but total driving is going to be good. Uh, you want to be in the fairways that are pretty easy to hit. Um, the greens are pretty easy to hit as well. And then the greens are pretty small. So, um, if you don't, uh, scramble all that well, you could get some strokes back to the field, but for the most part, I'm looking at ball strikers. Uh, the greens themselves are made of bank grass and polo grass. So if you want to look at those splits, you can, uh, what I did was just take out uh, Bermuda grass for my splits and then went from there. Um, because it's a little bit of POA and bent mixed. Uh, most of the approach shots are going to come between 125, 175 yards if you like to look at proximity distances. And yeah, that's just about it for me. It is a P die design. So uh, if you want to look at those splits, um, you can do that as well. 
By the way, just uh, tell the people what's going on from my uh, from my premium perspective because I know our golf premium is basically more than we ever had before, at least as far as I can tell, and a lot of it's out already as is. Of course, Thursday is where we tee off Thursday morning. Uh, we're talking on Tuesday. A lot of it's out as is. But uh, if people are not aware, tell the people what's going down in premium as far as uh, a golf perspective. Yeah, so in terms of my stuff, uh, I have the first look, which is free, uh, and then I have two other articles that I do for free as well. One's a salary analysis between FanDuel and DraftKings. The other one is a projections analysis where we give a sneak preview of uh, some of our projections for golfers. Uh, so that's the free stuff that you can look at. Uh, as far as the premium content, which uh, is where all the good stuff is, we have our show that we're going to be recording Tuesday night uh, with myself, uh, Justin, and Drew. Uh, and then we have two videos each week from Toe Tag and Tambo. Um, he does a lineup HQ show as well as a Monday recap show where he goes through the Millie Maker and looks at uh, you know different exposures for and lineup constructions for all the top players across the industry. We have the expert survey, the CBR, uh, which is the value rankings. Uh, we have ownership projections, uh, four different articles, a conviction article, value play article, GPP article, uh, my core plays article, my bets. Uh, what else? Uh, I do a model. Uh, breakdown uh, each and every week where I walk through my model, talk about my favorite plays, talk about ownership. And I think that's just about it. Um, if there's more, I apologize. But uh, yeah, we have a ton of uh, good content here at Rotogram. I'm not sure if you said it or not, but uh, I guess you do a showdown uh, breakdown as well. Did you mention oh, that? Yeah. yeah, that's new. Um, I've been doing uh, projections <laughs> and showdown article uh, for rounds two through four. Uh, we don't do it for round one just because uh, the picks would be the same as my guys that I would like for the whole tournament. So we start at round two and go through uh, round four. By the way, we had a Corona scare last week. Uh, is, like what, how do we, how do they deal with that? And how do they deal with that going forward? Like, is there any way to plan for it? Or it's just kind of sort of like, there's no way to predict, obviously, like who may get, get hit with it. So the good news is they took the stance of it's going to happen. Um, not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So they had a plan in place. Uh, anyone that came down with it, you know, they have to be out for at least two weeks of quarantine. Uh, everyone that he came in contact with had to get an extra test. They test every week uh, on site. So when it first came down, I was a little bit worried because uh, there was a weather delay and I had a pretty decent sweat and showdown for the day. So I didn't think they were going to get that round in. And then as we saw at the players, uh, everything just went haywire from there. So I was a little worried, but um, it would take a really big outbreak for them to actually cancel an event. So as long as they continue to, you know, have these protocols in place, I think everything will be good. And we didn't see any additional withdrawals, uh, which is good. Both, uh, you know, nobody else tested positive and nobody quit just because, you know, they were scared of getting it, uh, which is also positive. I uh, should say before you dive in, uh, usual rules apply here, Noto. I don't know anything about golf. I'm just asking questions. So don't <laughs> listen to me. Listen to Noto. I have no idea what I'm talking I'm just asking questions. If I ask a dumb question, feel free to call me on it and say, yeah, that was a stupid question. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look at the expert survey, a lot of the content here at RG, obviously. Uh, let's start with cash game golfers. Give me some building blocks for my cash game lineups. All right, cash games uh, just depends on your line of construction. Uh, I would say two of the safer plays are guys that haven't played, or at least two of the safer plays usually would be two of the guys that haven't played yet, uh, and Patrick Cantlay and Paul Casey, but um, they decided to take the first two weeks off, so we don't really know where their games are. Pretty much everyone else uh, in terms of the other elite players in the field have at least played in one of the two events. So uh, that should help lower their ownership. Uh, you know, maybe you avoid them in cash games, but um, I definitely like them. As far as my favorite cash game option, I like Tony Finau. Uh, getting back off of Bermuda, typically his worst putting splits are there. Um, his driver's been good. He can uh, be more aggressive at this course in the last two weeks. He's got some good course history, three top 25s here in the last four years. 
And uh, a win's going to come eventually. I don't know if it's going to come this week. Uh, you know, he did win Puerto Rico a few years ago, but he has yet to win in the States. And he's an elite golfer all around. So I really like him on Bankgrass and on POA. Uh, you get a little of both this week. And I think the price is really nice at uh, 82 or 8300 What about the for tournaments amongst the big spends? Who's your favorite big spend for a tournament? Yeah, you can really make a case for anyone above 10K. Um, my personal favorite's going to be Bryson DeChambeau, Buff Bryson. Um, he's going to be able to hit the driver a couple more times this week. And if you look at his numbers over the last two events, even though he hasn't been able to hit that many drivers, I, I think he's gained nine and 7.7 uh, strokes with the ball striking. He has six straight top eight finishes on tour, which uh, is Rory McIlroy-like. And uh, he's had progressively better finishes here each of the last four years. T47, T26, T9, T8. So if he improves on that, uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good option. Uh, but you can't go wrong with Rory, JT, Webb, Rom. Brooks. I mean, there's so many big names, uh, which makes this a lot of fun. Who's your least favorite amongst that group? The one you're probably least likely to have a uh, you know ownership of. Uh, I'll probably if ownership five figure holds, guys. If ownership holds the way uh, we have it projected as of Tuesday morning, that was the very first uh, set that Trey ran. I'll probably be underweight on Brooks just because 16%. He does feel a little bit uh, overpriced to me, at least in terms of my model. Uh, I like Rom to bounce back. And then Webb, nobody's going to play Webb for whatever reason. People just do not play the guy that won the week before. We saw Daniel Berger win Colonial, and then he's bounced back, almost won again last week. So nobody's going to be on Webb. I kind of like him uh, as a tournament play. And then uh, obviously talked about the other three as well. Is that a general rule? Like you don't play the guy that won the week, uh, week previously because of a uh, potentially ownership, uh, you know, recency bias and all that? Or just that, well, what's the reason for that? So five years ago, it would be the opposite. Uh, the guy that missed the cut, nobody w would want to play him the next week. Uh, and the guy that won, everyone would load up on him the next week. And then for whatever reason, the industry's gotten a little sharper. You know, a missed cut doesn't mean all that much, especially if they struck the ball well or whatever the week before. Uh, we saw Webb Simpson. He was the highest owned player the first week uh, back. He ended up missing the cut and then came back and won. And then, uh, you know, Berger, kind of the opposite. So I don't really know what it is. You know, I was doing that before it was cool to do it. Uh, the winner. So now <laughs> you I'm just with the band before they got popular. So now I flip back the other way where I want to play the winner because nobody else is doing it. It was wild, but everybody on Twitter was victory lapping saying, ah, Webb Simpson, I got him at 28 to one or 29 to one or 30 to one. Everybody was, I think everybody played Simpson. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I saw the, I think uh, RG content hyped him as well to some degree, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he was a core play for me. I had him as an outright as well. So. Um, pretty much the whole industry was on him, which uh, it's always fun seeing those. Uh, everyone celebrate together because DFS, you know, you're playing peer to peer. Can't really celebrate a lot together. So when everybody is on the same bet, it's kind of fun. I was listening to the uh, Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast before this to prep, and uh, apparently the guy who took down the Million Maker had the nut lineup, but he had the optimal. Which that's does that happen often? That seems wild. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it happened often. I think he won by 30 points or something, uh, which is pretty crazy. You know, typically it comes down to the last hole, the last putt. Uh, something like that, but he spent forty nine nine, so it's not like he left a bunch of money on the table and just had the perfect lineup. So once again, we have a million maker this weekend, DK. We talked from a cash game perspective: a two point five million dollar prize pool, one million up top. That's forty uh, percent uh, up top, if my math, my UCF math is correct. I believe that's correct. Uh, how much do we go off the reservation? How much do we go off the board? Uh, how are you planning on firing at this? Me, I mean, we talked about this pre show. I'm playing some contests, but this is just not for me, it's not for my game. I'm playing the $9, I'm playing the Pat Mayo $15, and things like yeah. that. But this is just not something uh, I want to play. I like ROI, and I understand you know, 20 bucks in a dream is good times for sure, but I don't think I'm gonna win. I don't like my chances, <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the first week back, I was just so excited, so I fired at it. Uh, 100 lineups. And last week, I put in 20 last minute because uh, it was filling up so fast. I can't believe how fast it filled. Um, and then this week, I think I'm just going to avoid it. There's so many other good contests, better payout structures, uh, you know, a lot better chance to actually finish near the top uh, without having a perfect lineup. So for me, the perfect range is between like 100 and 500 entries uh, when it comes to tournaments. That said, uh, give me some players that you would, you know, theoretically, hypothetically fire, you know, at, at a contest that is 40% up top that you probably wouldn't p- uh, play in a, in a contest that has, you know, it's paying out 10% in the first place. Like ambitious uh, plays, basically. Yeah, I got a couple uh, very ambitious plays for you. One's Jason Day. Um, hasn't even been close. He's been terrible. Uh, no arguing hit. Uh, his ball striking hasn't been good. His putting hasn't been good. Uh, but historically, he's played well here. Uh, he wasn't in great form last year before coming here. Ended up finishing inside the top 10, gained like eight strokes ball striking, which typically isn't his strong suit. He's typically one of those guys that runs hot with the putter. Um, and he's great on Pete Dye courses. So 7,500, going to be less than 5% owned, I would imagine. Uh, I don't mind going to him in a Millie Maker scenario. Keegan Bradley's from the Northeast, a uh, big Patriots fan. Always plays well at TPC Boston. Um, he's, I think he's from Connecticut or the area. Uh, and he wears, uh, you know, Jordan shoes, uh, golf shoes. So got to go. give him a, a small bump. Same with Harold Varner. Anyway, uh, he's made eight straight cuts here, two top tens here in the last three years. We currently have him projected at uh, 7% ownership. He's one of those guys, we call it going full Keegan. That means you're, going, you're in first the first day and then you miss the cut the next day. He's so volatile. Uh, he could easily shoot seven under, seven over um, any given day. So uh, don't go full Keegan. Yeah, if you get your screenshots, get, get them early for Keegan before he goes uh, haywire, I suppose. That's how that works. Uh, I'm taking a peek at our ownership percentage as of right now. And obviously, this is fluid. It's, this is a Tuesday that's going to change going up to Thursday. Uh, who is Joaquin Neiman, and why is he the highest percentage-owned guy right now, 21%? So he almost won last week. Um, he's <laughs> one of the young golfers uh, on tour. For whatever reason, if you almost win the week before, you're going to be higher on the next week. But if you win, you're going to be – nobody's going to own you the next week, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess people just think everyone's going to be partying all week. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Neiman, really good are ball these, uh, I'm sorry, let me cut you off. Are these salaries out before <laughs> the end of uh, the fourth round or no? No, they usually Does come factor out in? Monday yeah. afternoon, Monday morning. Um, okay. And they're typically pretty closely tied to the Vegas odds. Um, so sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Please continue. No, you're fine. Anyway, Neiman, really good ball striker. Caught fire with the irons last week. Uh, you know, was right there toward the end. Personally, if he didn't play that well, I think he would have been cheaper and a lot lower on. Uh, so, those guys that I think are a little overpriced and overowned are ones that I tend to avoid. Uh, other names like that this week. Uh, Abraham Answer, 9000 for him is kind of crazy. It's him being more expensive than Paul Casey seems weird, especially at this course. And he's going to be pretty popular. You have uh, Sergio Garcia, Bubba Watson, both of them coming off of big weeks. But they were both 7500 last week. Uh, they just played well, so they get this big price bump. Looks like they're going to be you know, fairly owned as well. Um, those are the type of guys that I try to avoid. Uh, if a guy's overpriced but underowned, I'll play him. If he's underowned but overpriced, I'll play him. Uh, but not overowned and overpriced, if that makes sense. I somebody who was overpriced at least last week playing results was this uh, Sanjay M. Did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> yeah. I know he was on one of my five of six lineups. He was the sixth dude. Oh so man, I, I'm very angry at him. I don't know who he is, but I'm very mad. Is he going to bounce back? Because I see he's supposed to be uh, highly owned at least, uh, you know, according to our ownership uh, as of right now on Tuesday. Yeah, so he's a, a DFS hero. Uh, everyone in the industry loves this guy, so that's probably why he's going to be highly owned, even though he missed the cut. 
so yeah, he missed the cut last week, lost five strokes on and around the greens, which is very unlike him. Uh, so I do think he's going to bounce back. He had a T21 here last year, but uh, he missed the cut and <laughs> saw a video on Twitter. He was out there on the range practicing with all the guys that were warming up for their rounds on Saturday. And that just doesn't happen. Usually you miss a cut, you leave, you plan for the night. But he was out there grinding with everyone else. Oh. Um, it was great. I'll have to send you the video. Yeah. Scratching, I, they don't kick like him off the course. <laughs> they don't yeah. say, like, you know, nice run. Like, come back next week. But he can just sort of get some reps in, us, I suppose. That's pretty cool. It's so like staying actually, after the game and taking shots, basically. Yeah. He actually doesn't even have a home. Uh, he either lives oh. with his parents or just goes site to site. So he's he plays pretty much every week on tour. He plays more than anyone else. Um, and he's just always grinding. Always out there practicing, uh, so that's why a lot of people like him so much. I gotta learn about this guy. I, he seems interesting. Uh, I'm, I forgive him for last week. I'm sure it yeah. wasn't personal. He was trying his best. No. I, I appreciate his. I appreciate his efforts. Uh, Go back yeah. to the well, and if he burns you again, then you can get rid of him. And I think his price dropped a little bit as well too. Uh, some dudes in the mid tier that are popping for you. Who's jumping out for you? On uh, AKs, uh, you mentioned Sung Jay. I like him. I think Patrick Reed is in that same boat. Missed the cut last week. He's a guy that can get hot with his irons, hot with his putter. Um, before last week, he was number one in the field in strokes game putting. He has some pretty good course history. Hopefully, uh, he won't be too popular. Don't think I'm going to go back to Spieth. Um, not that I was on him anyway, but uh, i just not seen enough from him. Uh, moving down, Gary Woodland seems like a really safe play. Uh, he's one of the longer hitters on tour, and he's lost six and a half strokes off the tee the last two events, which is almost unheard of for Woodland. Uh, he's kind of put the driver in the bag and just made mistakes with his uh, you know, shorter clubs, which is very surprising. So I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, he is one of the better iron players in the field. Ninth in strokes gain approach, sixth in birdie or better percentage. A couple good finishes here. He'll be popular, but I like him quite a bit. Uh, and then I think uh, Victor Hovland will be pretty popular as well. Hired a new short game coach, Pete Cowan. Uh, he was the third worst in this field around the green, uh, if you look at the last 50 rounds. But over the last two tournaments – Seems like the coaching hire has paid a little bit of dividends. He's only lost like half a stroke, uh, which is a couple of strokes improvement for him. One of the better ball strikers. A lot of people like to call him the the mini Rory because he's so good off the tee, so good with his irons. He just hasn't figured out the rest of his game yet. So I think he's going to be popular, but I like Hoffman as well. Explain that concept for the novice by, uh, by losing strokes. I have a guess as to what it means, but I'm sure you can say it much better than I can. Yeah, so there's four categories. Um, off the tee, which is you know driving or hitting your first shot on a par three. You have your stroke gain approach, uh, which is your iron shot. And then uh, around the green is anything, I believe, within 30 yards. So if you miss the green, you're chipping. That's around the green. And then stroke gain putting is on the green. So most of the golfers have uh, certain skill sets. You know, there's very few that are good at everything. Uh, you know, Rory's pretty close. Uh, Justin Thomas is pretty close. But for the most part, you know, there's ball strikers, which means you're really good with your – on your drives and on your approaches. And then you have guys like speed through great around the green and great on the green. Uh, very few golfers have all of it come together, but you do need that if you're going to win. I'm looking at the expert survey here, of course, not going to give it all away, but uh, you specifically, there's five people that are in here, STL cards, Tambo as well, uh, amongst some other guys. Uh, who's Harry Higgs and why is he a salary saver? I've never heard of this person. <laughs> so have you seen uh, Parks and Rec? Sure. Yeah. Great, great show. Looks just like Andy. Um, kind of acts <laughs> like him, too. Uh, he sent out a video the day before his tee-off time uh, last week. Uh, he just puts vodka in a cup, puts a little water on top. <laughs> he's a blast. Uh, I'm he's in. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we have him at 2% ownership right now. He's made uh, quite a few cuts in a row. He typically doesn't have a lot of high finishes, but he makes a ton of birdies, uh, and he outscores his finishing position. So 
that kind of keeps his ownership low because a lot of people just see the mediocre finishes and not the DraftKings points. Uh, but anyway, um, approaches aren't great, but he's a great putter, good off the tee. Uh, I think that's going to play well here. Uh, same question, Vaughn Taylor. I've never heard of Vaughn Taylor. Should I be aware of his existence? So he kind of fits the Matt Kuchar, Jim Furyk type. He's an older guy, um, not very long off the tee, but he hits fairways, can get really good with his irons. Uh, he's a good putter, especially on bank grass. And four straight made cuts here with a fourth last year. The only thing uh, that worries me a little bit about Taylor is uh, the last four years that he's played here, it's obviously not been the same field. You know, there hasn't been all the big names showing up. So uh, I tend to weight course history a little bit less uh, just now that we have such different fields. Uh, general lineup construction on DK, star scrubs or balanced? For MME, I do a mix of both. Uh, for my main lineup, I'm either going to start with Paul Casey or I'm going to start with Bryson. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but there's a big difference between those two. I think it's a $2,100 difference, so it'll be the difference between somebody like Higgs getting the last guy in or somebody in the 8Ks. So it's a trickle-down effect. All of a sudden, your lineup will be like a 3v3 or something like that, not a 1v1. Yeah, yeah, it definitely never comes down to that. And uh, my 2v2, I got to figure out a better strategy. Uh, I think I'm picking like 10% on my 2v2s the last month or so. I got a magic eight ball if you want me to give it a shake. <laughs> For a while, I was trying to flip a coin. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what the – if I go with my gut, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Ask Mrs. Noto. How about that? I'm sure she'll help you out. Yeah, I've, I've tried that as well. And I, <laughs> she's usually wrong. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask her and do the opposite. Maybe that's the. There you go. Uh, is uh, eyeballing it as far as the pricing this week? Is it tight? Is it loose? Is it Goldilocks just right? Where are we at? Uh, for me, this is perfect. Uh, much tighter than we've seen in the last couple of weeks. We have well, five, five, six guys above 10K, which is nice. And then the 6K range isn't that great. Um, so that means you're going to have to make lineups where you don't look at it and think, oh, that's going to win a million dollars. I hate those weeks because you just feel like every lineup you make is going to be good, and that means everyone else's lineups going to look good as well. I kind of like to grind, kind of like to find those sleepers uh, a little bit more than most. All right. Not going to hold you to this. You reserve the right to change your mind. But as of right now, the golfer you're afraid of uh, not having enough of, uh, the way your lineups are kind of being built, that you know, you're, you're kind of scared to fade. Bubba Watson, for sure. Um, he is 35 to one. Um, he's won this tournament three times uh, in the past six or seven years, which is kind of crazy. He's one of those golfers. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, he's got the pink driver. Uh, he's a little skinny guy that just, uh, hits these crazy shots. He has like a hundred yards of turn on his, uh, on his drives. But anyway, uh, there's like four courses that he plays well at every single year. This is one of them. And he's always overpriced, always overowned at those four courses. I typically just play him, uh, but I just can't do it at this price point. So he's going to be my fade of the week. I do like him as an outright bet to kind of cover myself a little bit. So if he does end up winning, then uh, I'll be covered that way. I got the DK Sportsbook pulled up. You mentioned Watson's 35 to 1. The favorite as of right now is Justin Thomas at 11 to 1. McElroy is 12 to 1. And your boy Bryson, uh, you said Buck Bryson. He's the guy who's been working out, right? He came out of quarantine uh, a bit bigger. Yeah, a bit bigger. Um, I think he gained 25 or 30 pounds. Uh, he's a monster. He's hitting it like 330 off the tee, uh, which is crazy. So I do like him at 14 to 1 if you're playing somebody um, up at the very top. And then I don't mind balancing my exposures uh, between DFS and betting. Like I mentioned, if you if there's a really chalky guy that you just don't want to get exposure to in DFS, just don't mind betting them outright. So those two for me are going to be Bubba and Sergio. Bubba 35, Sergio 51. Uh, I talked about Finau and Woodland. I think they're interesting. Uh, Finau's at 40, Woodland's at 55. 
And then a couple of uh, top five, top 10 bets. Jason Day, top five is 16 to one. We talked about him as the ultimate boomer bust guy. And Keegan Bradley, uh, talked about him as well. Top 10 is nine to one. Um, I kind of like that quite a bit. You're on team hedge life. I like that. You know, some people besmirch the hedging. I think, I think it's fine. It's okay, yeah. right? Rather than just being even with the field and hoping for the best, I think I would just rather fade him. And then if he, you know, bust, because Bubba Watson, he's either going to come first or 50th or miscut. Like, he doesn't post a lot of top 15 finishes. So I think he's a really good fade. Um, it could burn me, but I do think he's a good fade. He's like the Ricky Bobby of golf? Essentially, yes. <laughs> yeah. I know very uh, – yeah, I've heard the name, but I don't. I couldn't tell you anything about him otherwise because, again, I'm a total golf uh, noob, a golf novice. I'm aware of the names. And I'll be firing this week uh, to take a look at the content you're pumping out there as long with, along with Tambo and cards as well too. Uh, who's winning this bad boy? You want to give me the podium, give me the podium, or just give me the winner? Uh, I like Bryson. I think he's just trending in the right direction. I think he's going to be more aggressive off the tee. So give me Bryson and uh, round it out with Woodland and Finau. Yeah, we talked about this pre-show. There is a tiers. It's a pretty big contest on DK for tiers, 40K total prize pool. Uh, let's kind of sort of fill this out. We can't fill out the entire thing, but we'll at least get it started. Uh, let's see if I'm a good listener because the first tier is McElroy, Thomas, or uh, Bryson. Uh, you want the DeChambeau, I imagine, out of these three? I think so. It's hard not to go Rory because he is the best player in the field, best player in the world. But I think uh, Bryson will be a little bit lower on. So let's go Bryson. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, salary is not a thing. You just pick a guy in the tier, and you think who's going to outright win. But then you, I, I assume you're factoring an ownership here. Where McElroy probably is the better golfer, if I'm hearing that correctly. Yeah. But you think, uh, you know, uh, when you factor in ownership and getting a little bit different these things, why not? Let's. Uh, uh, how how did, do you play the tiers very often, or no? I always want to, and then I forget, uh, <laughs> and then the next week I hear, "Oh, tiers, yeah, I should have played." Um, so I, I, I'll enter a contest now, so it shows up on my lineups page, so I don't forget. I know Devin, our producer, likes his tiers, too. He's probably making this. He's probably playing along right now, for all we know. Uh, the next tier is uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kopka, Rom, and uh, Xander. What do we like out of this foursome? I kind of feel like Brooks is going to be the most popular. Um, I'd have no issue with him. I think Dustin Johnson's interesting. Really good Pete Dye player. Uh, ball striking was really good last week. I don't really have a strong take on Xander, uh, but I will go with Rom. Uh, his ball striking has been good in the two events. He just hasn't been able to – put together any super low rounds so give me rom uh from our ownership projections it looks like he's going to be pretty low uh at the 10-2 price point and these guys are uh cheaper than him uh, i guess i would raise his ownership a little bit but I, i'll take rom pete die is uh the dude who he uh, made, made the course he is that basically what we're talking about yeah uh so he he i think there's like five or six courses on the pj tour uh that he designed uh, he's designed hundreds but um yeah, they basically have a similar layout. You can't overpower them. A lot of trees, a lot of weird angles, a lot of different, you know, looks into greens. So you got to have to know, kind of have to know uh, how to play Pete Dye courses to get good at them. Next here, we got six guys to pick from. Cantley, Simpson, uh, Paul Casey, Justin Rose, Answer, and Morikawa? Morikawa, number one in the world in strokes gained approach. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough range. Give me Webb because I don't think anybody's going to go back to him. <laughs> is, either, is there is there a, an argument to be made just to play the safe guy in some of these tiers? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's good, kind of the same as your other thing. If you can get six of six, you're probably looking pretty good. We got Reed versus M versus Fitzpatrick, Spath, Watson, and uh, Ian Poulter. Are we going with him? Yeah, got to go with your boy. 
He's my, he betrayed me last week, but he's my, I've forgiven him. He sounds like a fun dude. Uh, he's going to be the web of this week. Miscut and then win. What is his odds in Vegas? What do we have uh, as far as his odds? Do you know? Uh, I don't have the odds. Oh, 35 to 1. I got it up in front of me. There you go. You like that, 35 to 1? I do. Unfortunately, I have a full card already, but he would probably would be the next guy on my list. All right. We can't fill out this. Well, let's do one more one more tier. Woodland, Fanu, uh, Sergio. These are some big names in the fifth tier. Uh, at least to me, they sound like big names. Kisner, Neiman, Hovland. I know these are some cheapies from a DFS perspective. Of course, this is just whoever scores the most points. Salary doesn't matter. And then there's Leishman as the last one. Or is that Leishman? Uh, I I pronounced that wrong so many times. Uh, I went on a couple podcasts, and uh, that's what I was known for, was pronouncing his name (laughs) wrong. Um, (laughs) It's Leishman. I used to call him Leishman. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Woodland and Finau, since I differentiated with uh, Webb, I think you just eat the chalk, play Woodland or Finau. For me, they're uh, clearly the best plays in this range. All right. And the last one is, well, we'll just kind of like, we'll just, I'll throw them out there, but like, yeah, we can't officially fill this out, obviously. Or uh, Scheffler, Dalman, Poston, Connors, Reeve, uh, Bradley, and Cockrook is the last person in the tiers. But uh, do you have a, a thought in any of those people? Not necessarily you want to roster them, but just anything sort of pops out for them? So Poston's a fade for me this week. Back to back top tens, but most of it was with the putter. Uh, Keegan, we talked about, he's interesting. I don't think he'll be very highly owned. Scheffler's interesting as well. Um, played pretty bad in the Texas event. And then it was a late withdrawal last week. We didn't really know why. Uh, we still haven't heard out why, but, or heard why, but uh, I think he's interesting. Really good ball striker. Um, he was playing well during the break. He was one of the few guys that actually played in some of those charity events and stuff. So, uh, Scheffler, Keegan, Dahman is always interesting. He's the guy that uh, does the Costco challenge with the white claws. Uh, so what is that <laughs> elaborate what's this <laughs> so he was on a podcast uh with Colt Nost and um I can't remember the other guy uh the sleazy man anyway <laughs> so he used to play on the mini tour so they brought him on for one of the outlaw tour things and he was telling the stories about some awesome stories about the the mini tour days that he used to play on but anyway he says he'll go to Costco and buy you know how they sell their 12 packs and two you get two 12 packs Sure. Costco. So he'll try to drink all of them in one sitting. Uh, so 24 white claws. He said he got to 23 one night and his wife cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> he was so close. And I, I can't I, imagine 20. <laughs> I would be dead after 12. I think I can't even have a white claw. Maybe that's just my, my own. It's not, are you a white claw guy? Is that for you? I'm fine with seltzers. Yeah. Yeah. Seltzers is not for me. Maybe I was so against them until I tried them. And then that's how Our, most people are. It seems like. You're, I feel like you're indirectly saying I'm close-minded, which is fine. No, no, no. There's just a lot of guys out there like, oh, you're drinking White Claws? And then they, they try them, and they're like, oh, these are great. I had Cardi on yesterday, and Cardi was taking shots at, uh, at White Claw drinkers. So there you go. Yeah. It certainly happens. If yeah, you want to rebut, feel free. Yeah. There was this big buff guy at the golf course. We ordered White Claws, and he's like, I used to make so much fun of people drinking these. And then I tried some, and I drank a whole 12-pack. They're secretly delicious. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to get you out of here. No, you, you have to make some uh, late outlaw lineups. We, we got to give you some time yeah. to chase the late slate <laughs> as far as the outlaw, what's going on there. Of course, you do content for that as well, I believe. Uh, tell the people, remind them again what's going down as far as content wise this week, where they can find you. Of course, everybody knows where they can find you, but just in case they don't know. Uh, and your final thoughts as far as this tournament. Yeah, it should be a fun tournament. Um, I think it's going to be a good week. I think it's going to be a low 6 to 6 percentage week, so don't be afraid to expand your player pool just a little bit. Um, as far as the content, uh, pretty much everything we said earlier, uh, with the exception, Toe Tag and Tambo also does a round four showdown video, uh, which is cool, so make sure to check that out. 
Um, you know, those contests for the round four showdown are massive. Um, they're pretty much bigger than, you know, a normal PGA Tour event regular uh, full, full tournament contest would be. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RG underscore Notorious. Uh, if you're in Discord, uh, feel free to send me any message or any question that you have. You can ping me in the Golf Channel or just send me a direct message. I'll definitely get back to you. And, yeah, thanks for having me on, as always. Thanks for coming on, Noto. Much appreciated. Uh, hopefully now we're all going to crush it this week in golf. That was Notorious. I was Dean. Good luck. In the- if you guys win the Million Maker, make sure to tag uh, Noto. Let him know. Like a little shout out. Uh, buy yourself a, uh, a White Claw with some, uh, you know, celebrate that way, I suppose. This was the Morning Grind. We're out of here. Holler.